This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on Wednesday, July 14th of 2021. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. It's going to be an interesting show this morning. We are gathering more and more details as it pertains to Richard Sherman's arrest. 6.08 this morning, he is in King County Correctional Facility in Seattle. After an arrest this morning, 2 o'clock or so, for burglary domestic violence. Here are the details that we have thus far. He's been denied bail by that standard procedure for suspects of domestic violence until they can appear before a judge. There was a 911 call from a residence received at 2 in the morning. The person calling said an adult male family member who did not live at the residence was attempting to force his way into the home. When police arrived, the suspect was outside the home. He fought with police but was eventually apprehended and taken to a local hospital to be checked. After he was cleared medically, he was booked into the King County Correctional Facility per the spokesperson No one at the residence was injured. Sherman, who was 33, played with the San Francisco 49ers last season. He had played three years in San Francisco after the first seven seasons of his career here with the Seattle Seahawks, where I think you could make a case that he's arguably the biggest face in Seahawks history, just given his profile, the interception that he had in the NFC Championship game. Don't try me. I'm the best. That amazing rant that he had. He's a vice president of the NFL Players Association's executive committee. We don't know all the details. We will gather details as the day continues, obviously. What I see with this is just a tremendously sad story, no matter how you cut it. We are probably in for some news information that we don't want to hear. And we are thinking about his family, We are thinking about him. We're just wondering what the heck happened here and how it got to this point. And it's just disappointing because this is a guy that I think a lot of people wanted to see potentially back on the Seattle Seahawks this year. Is that going to happen now? I don't know, but I would imagine that that throws a big wrench in the idea of him potentially returning to the Seahawks, let alone the National Football League. And that's not what we should have at the probably forefront of our concerns, but you do have to wonder what's next for Richard Sherman after that. So as we get details, we will patch them along to you. We have all sorts of people in this building right now running around trying to figure out what's taking place, both at 710 ESPN Seattle, at Cairo, at KTTH. So we'll, as we get details, pass them along to you. But that's what we have right now. Richard Sherman arrested this morning at 6.08 for burglary domestic violence. It is the Paul Gallant Show, 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. If you send in texts, um, we will try to answer some of those questions, but it will come slowly as things go along. Um, we did see an All-Star game last night. Weird subject to talk about, I think, when you have something like this this morning that's taking place. And I, I did come to a realization. Baseball's not for everyone. Baseball doesn't need to be for everyone. And I, for the longest time, I have been someone who feels that baseball needs to be changed for me. But then I watched last night's game, and while I didn't pay a whole lot of attention, I see all of the big stars that the, that the game has. 
You have Fernando Tatis Jr. You have Shohei Otani, obviously. You have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's hitting a moon ball of a home run. you got some incredible young players in this sport. But what I have found myself guilty of is that I guess I just don't care about those young players. You could say that is a baseball problem because when I was young, I cared about Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and all those guys who were all across baseball. Jeff Bagwell, Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr. All of these players that were just such superstars. And for whatever reason, it just feels a little bit different these days. Maybe it's because I am no longer young and don't have that same kind of chipper, naive attitude towards the game and, and its beauty and all of those things. Maybe it's because the game has gone in such a direction where numbers have sort of taken over and the style of play has changed as a result of that. But I found myself watching last night's game thinking, I don't really care as much as I would because I don't see any players that I watch on a given night. I didn't see any Mariners in the game. And I was largely, I think, tongue-in-cheek when I was talking about my anger over Kevin Cash not putting any Mariners into the All-Star game. If you're the manager of your own team, of course you're going to put in guys that play for you, like Andrew Kittredge, or like the guy who's... I, I refuse to remember his name that was put in ahead of J.P. Crawford. Just refuse to remember his name. Sorry, fella, McFella pants, but uh, it's just never going to happen. And I also found myself just not really caring about any baseball that's not playoff baseball that's played between two teams that are not located in Seattle, Washington. Are you guys on the same page as me? 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. That's at least where I found myself. I'm bummed out by that, too. I, I miss having that love for this game that at a time was close to being my favorite sport. It used to be my second favorite sport to football. And just over time, it changed. And I became more into basketball. And there was something about it that just hasn't kept me all these years. And I can imagine there's a lot of you right now that maybe are in the same boat just given what's taken place watching this team, the Seattle Mariners, every single night because they have been underachieving for two decades. And no matter how exciting they might be this year, I understand that for a lot of you, a frisky, exciting team that probably isn't a realistic contender, that is not going to all of a sudden erase the past. We're getting some texts, by the way, about all the guys who did not... (laughs) who are not playing for the Mariners now, but used to play for the Mariners. And, and Maura, Dooley, and I went through it before the game, and it is, it is depressing to take a look at all of the guys who used to be Seattle Mariners that were out there. Of course, Mike Zanino, who went yard off of Taiwan Walker, who was supposed to come per the worst person, Kevin Mather, hat in hand, back to the Mariners. Thanks for being cheap on that one. Nice job, Kevin. Omar Narvaez, Nelson Cruz, Freddie Peralta had a cup of coffee in the minor leagues with the Mariners, Chris Taylor. Yeah, I know. There were there were a lot of Mexican Mariners in that game last night, which was a bummer. Definitely a bummer. Ugh. You're old and grumpy, Paul. That's why you feel that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Another text. We didn't see an all-star game last night. We saw a Mariners class reunion. That's That's pretty amusing. Text in. I feel the same way about the NBA. Other than Durant, who are the best players? Who cares? I feel like here we're probably a little more sensitive to the NBA, though, right? I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no team here. I have a tough time. I'll be honest. Also with hockey, and that's why I'm glad that the Kraken are coming back. 
it's difficult to really be fully into a sport that is not being played in your backyard. But with baseball, it's a little bit different in that. In football, I do think that we have some interest in what takes place in other cities. I mean, I think for the most part, a lot of us are pretty fascinated by what's going on with Aaron Rodgers this offseason. I think we are also curious to see where Russell Wilson ends up, but obviously he's going to be here this coming season. But that appeal was something that was talked about in other football cities and probably non-NFL cities too. So I think in the case of the NBA and Kevin Durant, yeah. But the stars there, like they, they have a different element about them. Like I feel like if you are a casual basketball fan, you probably know who LeBron is anyway. You probably know who Kevin Durant is. Maybe you don't know every single star player. You probably know who Steph Curry is too. If you are a if you are though a casual fan of baseball, I mean you're probably like me looking at the home run derby and like, wait a second, Pete Alonso had fifty three home runs a couple of years ago. And there's a part of me where I, I realize it's just so easy to point the finger at Rob Manfred, and it's kind of gotten to a point where I think it's funny to just say, Oh, Rob Manfred's fault. <laughs> Sports dying? Rob Manfred. Games are too long? Rob Manfred. Pitchers are cheating? Rob Manfred. Astros are cheating? Rob Manfred. But, I mean, there's only so much he could do, probably, to, I think, capture interest the way that, I think, some of the stars in baseball used to. And I would say that for Shohei Otani, who has been one of the coolest stories that I can remember in baseball in a really long period of time that actually has me interested in things that are outside of Seattle, as far as baseball, or Houston, where I used to be. But I understand, too, where there's probably a lot of people who are only just discovering him, and that's it as far as casual baseball fans who are like, oh, yeah, that guy, he doesn't play in my hometown, but I know who he is. 710-710 on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. Why is it that maybe I don't have that same passion, and are you in the same boat? Are you finding yourself maybe a little bit disillusioned when it comes to your love of baseball? So we'll get to some of your responses in just a moment. 10-15, that's your chance to be heard. 206-421-3776. We'll also be giving away a pair of Mariners tickets in just a little bit to go to their game on July 24th against the Oakland A's and we'll be you want to go to that game because if you're one of the first 10,000 fans to arrive you are going to get a retro jersey that thing looks beautiful Woo! it looks good and as a fashionista I can you know obviously tell you what is and what isn't 710sports.com slash video to watch the show the 710 app or on your smart speaker. That's how you can listen to 710 ESPN Seattle this hour of the Paul Galan show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration but right now it's 1010. That means it's time for What's Trending with a returning from vacation, Maura Dooley. And it's brought to you by King Seating and Air. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Dooley. How are you now? Paul, you got you to gotta chill out on this fashionista stuff. You called yourself the most fashionable person at the station, and yeah. now I'm not sure Stacey Ross is going to come on with you for the next segment like we thought she was. Well, I mean, you know, some people, they can't handle the truth, and other people can't handle being outdressed by, you know, their friends. So it's fine. It's cool. Listen, here's why I claim that. I have the best selection of sports gear here. Not even a close, not even a question. I have all sorts of retro sports gear, and I know what is good and what is bad when it comes to sports gear. Period. End of story. Yeah, but Stacey takes it outside of sports. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I would say if we're going outside of sports, no doubt. Stacey's okay. better than me on that front. There when it comes to my, my collection of vintage sports gear, I cannot be even matched. I have a wardrobe that is full of, like, 40 different things from Seattle sports. Okay, I think that clarification will make it okay. Yeah, this is no doubt a better dresser than me. I, I love Hawaiian shirts. Like, I, I, I totally understand it from that perspective. That clarification, I think, was necessary. But when it comes to sports fashion, I am I am number one. All right, I'll give you that. No one can question me on this. Mike Salk, teal is good. Stop. Okay. 
first up in What's Trending, Rob Manfred spoke to reporters ahead of the All-Star Game and speculated about the future of a few rules. He said the runner at second base in extras is likely to less likely to be a long-term rule, and the seven-inning rule on doubleheaders was more of a COVID-related change, so that's probably going away as well. But he also added that he wants to regulate the shift more, making it a little bit more like the game he watched when he was a kid. What do you think of all that? I think that's what everybody wants. I was, I've was i been reading this book called Sapiens. It's a study of basically human history. And there's this passage I read last night where everyone is looking to return to this golden age that they think happened in the past. Bump made some good points this morning that you don't necessarily want to go back to that. You actually probably want to go forward in some degree. So I get where Manfred's trying to go there. But baseball's big challenge going forward is not keeping the people who have been watching forever. Baseball has diehard fans who will always be watching and are going to get annoyed when you propose changes to the game. And, and I think this week is the first week where I've said, you know what, I'm not going to try to push for changes to the game anymore. Like, why should I? You know, like, the people that like the game the most, much like with soccer, they're always going to like it. It's, it's about finding a way to bring in the younger fans. And, and I mean, that's why that conversation that Stephen A. Smith, which was factually inaccurate, took place on ESPN on First Take. He was trying to theorize as to why someone like Shohei Otani isn't as transcendent across sports as some of the other players that you see in basketball. Now, he did it in a, I think, just dumb way, ignorant, didn't, didn't do his homework, did not do research because Shohei Otani can't speak English. But there's an element of wondering why it doesn't transcend. I don't know that going back to the way that it used to be, though, is going to get everybody back on board. You have to, I think, make some adaptations for the future. And the problem is baseball has had so many thrown at it, and it just gets taken in every single direction with them, but they don't fully implement some of the changes. I know one of the ones where the game's taking as long as they do, I've been a big proponent of pitch blocks. But the problem with pitch blocks is that baseball has supposedly outlawed batters from stepping outside the batter's box. How often do you still see batters step outside the batter's box anyway? Umpires don't really enforce that. So that's part of baseball trying to make things happen. It seems like they, more than any other sport, just have a difficult time herding all the cats together and getting them to do things their way. All right, next up, uh, Dominique Foxworth, someone we like on the show. We, we seem to play a lot of his takes. Has an interesting theory on why Russell Wilson was really upset this offseason. I believe that he was expecting to be the face of the league. He was expecting this to be his time. He was expecting Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady to, to have retired by now, and now he'd be the guy. But those guys continued to play at a high level, and then Patrick Mahomes came in the league. It feels to me... That and this is just thinking about how I would feel and like human nature. Like I feel like I'm next. I'm playing the best. I'm the best young quarterback for year after year. You're like, who you want to build a team around? Who's the best young quarterback? The name you heard was Russell. Then Pat came in, and Deshaun has other issues, but Deshaun came in, and we were talking about those guys as the next guy to take over the league. And Russ feels like maybe it's because of the market in Seattle, or maybe it's because these guys just came out of nowhere. But I could imagine that Russ feels like, what about me? I like Dominique Foxworth a lot. I think that's an interesting theory. 
And you can understand why Russ would feel that, too. I mean, that, that does explain it a little bit. Thinking to himself, oh, shoot, did I miss my window? Do I need to go somebody somewhere else? But the weird thing is, much like with Aaron Rodgers, I, I think Russ needs to look in the mirror and say, wow, this is a really good situation that I'm in. He's the weird just a- thing is thinking Chicago is going to give you a better chance. Oh, great point, Maura. I mean, Chicago's a mess. <laughs> or the Raiders. Yeah, that's even worse. John Gruden? John Gruden just signed, what, Kenyon Drake this offseason? And they already have um, Josh Jacobs? I mean, they're going to run the football even more than Pete Carroll wants to run the football, probably. So when you look at Russ's situation, you have DK Metcalf, who he loves. You have Tyler Lockett, who he also has a just a phenomenal, almost psychic connection with. This is the best place for him to potentially get back to that level. The real question is whether or not he can string together 17 consecutive games of plus play. 17 now. And he hasn't been able to do that yet over the course of his career. It's not saying that's easy. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a slump even in the middle of last year. We've seen Aaron Rodgers have a couple of years in a row where he was no longer, I would say, even a top five, maybe not even a top ten quarterback. Brady's had some rough years, too. It's not easy, but he has yet to do it. He has not had that complete 17-game schedule yet. Actually, no one's had that 17-game schedule yet, but 16 games he hasn't even been able to do it yet. So that's the big challenge for him going forward this year. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. We will read some of your responses, some of which are calling out my take on my fashionista um, high IQ, which I take issue with some of your responses, people. But I will read all of them. The meaner, the better. If Lydia was still here, you may have a rival as far as the sports fashion. This is true. Lydia's t-shirt game. She's got some really great throwbacks. She does. Even like an old Brian Bosworth t-shirt that I don't know where she got. They're authentic throwbacks too. Yeah. Which I will admit. Mine are like the, hey, this is supposed to be throwback, but it's not really throwback. No, like she she spends some time on like eBay or something. It's real legit stuff that was made in the 80s. It's really cool. Now, I mean, now all of a sudden I'm feeling threatened. (laughs) I'm feeling threatened for my title. This is ridiculous. All right, guys. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Does baseball still have the same pull on you? Did you have a similar realization in the midst of last night's All-Star game that I did? We might have Stacey Ross on at 1030 and have a, instead of a conversation about, I don't know, current events, we might be talking about our fashion game. But right now, it's time for you guys to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be So before we hear from you again, let's reset everything that we know about Richard Sherman. He was booked this morning, 608, at the King County Correctional Facility in Seattle. Arrested. The charge? Burglary, domestic violence. He was denied bail, but you do not get bail. It's standard procedure when it's domestic violence. That bail is not an option for you until you appear before a judge. The spokesman for the King County Correctional Facility, who wouldn't confirm that it was Richard Sherman, but if you take a look online on the King County uh, government page, you see that it's Richard Kevin Sherman, 33-year-old black male. So, I mean, unless there's another one that's in the greater King County area, then, I mean, we're, we're talking about an extreme coincidence here. But... 
a 911 call was made from the residence where Sherman was arrested at 2 a.m. Pacific time. The person calling said that an adult male family member who did not live at the residence was attempting to force his way into the home. When police arrived, the suspect was outside the home. He fought with police but was eventually apprehended and taken to a local hospital to be checked. After he was cleared medically, he was booked into the King County Correctional Facility. The spokesman said no one at the residence was injured. Sherman, of course, 33 years old, just coming off his third season with the San Francisco 49ers, played seven seasons in Seattle, all-time Seahawk, vice president of the NFL Players Association Executive Committee. Whatever details we find out, they are going to be sad. I think the one good thing that we can say about this is that nobody was hurt. But, man, it's, it's a bummer. It's really sad. And we'll keep you posted on any information that we can get over the course of the day. Taylor Jacobs is taking it, texting me, by the way. Anytime you want to go sports item for sports item, Paul, I'm down to show you what our collection looks like. Okay. That's another one, especially if you include shoes. I don't, I don't include shoes, no. I don't include shoes. Because <laughs> that's why I win. Because if I include shoes, that's where I start losing. So uh, one last detail about this. The case is sealed, but a uh, detail from the Seattle Times. The notice in King County Superior Court noted that an extreme risk protection order had been mandated. Hmm. We'll get more details. Uh, right now, there's so much room for speculation, and I don't want to go down that road. But that's something that's somewhat natural. So, yeah, this is going to be kind of a weird talk show with this hanging in the air over the entirety of, of the remainder of it, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. So let's... First off, hear what you have to say about just baseball and how you feel about the sport right now. Hey, in two to three years, the All-Star Game will be packed with current Mariners while those former Mariners are out of baseball. There were a lot of former Mariners in last night's game. Yeah, it was a, that was a bit of a bummer. I hope that's the case. I'm, I'm annoyed that there were no, no Mariners in last night's game. I mean, would it really have been so hard for Kevin Cash? I get it. Okay, fine. You, you want to put all your rays in, but could you not... Instead of Andrew Kittridge putting Kendall Graveman, would that have been too hard? Would it have been too last minute, seeing as Kikuchi was out? I mean, Seattle to Denver is, I think, closer than Tampa to Denver. That's just me. Seven ten, seven ten. To be honest, baseball is just 80, 80 games too long to keep a fan, and I would say a casual fan, caring all about the game and caring about every single player, every single star in the league. I, I think that is accurate. I think that is accurate. Another text, Paul, it's okay to say that baseball just isn't ex- as exciting to you because there's no offense now. I, I don't think it's the lack of offense. I don't. I mean, and also, if you take a look at the numbers, I mean, home runs are actually slightly up this year, even though the spin rates and the doctored balls are probably making it very difficult for hitters. I liked the variance. There is less variance. You don't see a ball in play. Uh, Danny and I talk about this all the time. You, you just, just don't see, like, Guys like J.P. Crawford, specifically. I think that's why I like Crawford as much as I do. Crawford plays the game in a different way. So we'll continue to take your texts, comments on that. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. We are trying to find out more information about Richard Sherman. We will bring those details to you as we get them. He was arrested this morning, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're to fail. With Paul Gallant. And Stacy Ross was going to join me, but we have beef. Beef over fashion. I mean, I'm the most stylish person here. Stacy thinks she is. <laughs> Child, please. Jake and Stacy coming up at 11 o'clock.
the latest details in the arrest of Richard Sherman this morning. This comes courtesy of KIMI. K- excuse me. Uh, this is, I can't read. This is from Como. Former Seahawks cornerback Richard Sherman was arrested Wednesday after allegedly crashing his car. Details we did not have before. Then trying to break into the home of a family member in Redmond. He is now being held in King County Jail. Bail has been denied, but as we said before, bail is not presented until in a domestic violence case that someone is in front of a judge. There's also this element. Domestic violence is not necessarily the traditional domestic violence in terms of what we believe it to be. And that was laid out for uh, Amy Dash to clarify doesn't necessarily mean he's accused of putting his hands on someone. He may just be accused of illegally entering and refusing to leave a house or business. The story continues and took place at around 145 police officer call at 2 a.m. State troopers were responding to a report of a hit and run crash in a construction site near State Route 520 and 148th Street in Redmond. Sherman was driving the vehicle, per authorities, involved in the crash. He tried to keep driving, but damage to the vehicle was too severe. So he got out and left on foot. A little bit later, police responded to a home in the south end of Redmond. A 911 caller reported a family member, later identified by the state patrol as Sherman, was trying to force his way inside. Officers saw Sherman outside the home, but he resisted arrest. He fought with officers and was eventually taken into custody, but they had to use a canine police dog to help in the arrest. He was first taken to the hospital to be checked over for injuries from possible dog bites. Then he was taken to the King County Jail, booked after 6 o'clock for investigation of domestic violence burglary. According to jail records, the state patrol, at least as of now, isn't saying it's known whether or not drugs or alcohol, or a factor in the incident. Easy to assume in that situation. I imagine as the day progresses, we will actually find the truth on that. But those are all the details that we have. And if you want to see for yourself, you can go to the kingcounty.gov to take a look at the police records. And Richard Kevin Sherman was booked in King County Correctional Facility in Seattle at 6.08 this morning, the charge of burglary domestic violence. From the sound of things, no injuries, no one seriously harmed. So at the very least, there's that. Outside of that, I mean, we're only going to be disappointed by the more and more details that come out. And it is a shame to see yet another member of the Legion of Boom in not very good situation. Obviously, with Brandon Browner, goodness gracious. I mean, he's he's behind bars for some absolutely heinous things. We saw Earl Thomas dealing with issues of his own. I guess you didn't really expect this from Richard Sherman. It seems like someone who really had his stuff together. But, of course, what you see of somebody who is forward-facing in the public is not necessarily what is going on behind closed doors. So, once again, and I hate to keep saying this, but as more information comes to us, we will provide it to you. But Richard Sherman arrested this morning. 710 ESPN Seattle. It is the Paul Gallant Show. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can also tweet me, at Gallant Says.
we were talking about baseball this morning. I mean, what do I what do I do here? Serious question. I'm just going to be frank with you. I don't really think that I go back to talking about baseball. I, I just just weird, just weird to do that on a day like this. Moore is making the face behind the glass, and I agree. I agree with your face. It is it is an amused face. It's weird. I mean, there was an All Star game last night. This just blows that out of the water. And this is one of those days too where you come into work and you're sort of thinking of, okay, what the heck am I going to actually say about the All Star game? My honest feelings about the All Star game were. Yeah, I'm just not as in love in baseball, uh, in love with baseball as I used to be, and I'm actually okay with it now. Like I don't, I don't need the sport to change for me. I think we've just gone in different directions. We've gone down different paths. But you see something like this, and you're just like, man, this is the this is one of the greatest Seahawks of all time, if not the. I mean, I know that growing up outside of Seattle, but watching the Legion of Boom rise from um, Houston, and actually seeing, you know, the the game where they had that unbelievable comeback against the Houston Texans firsthand where Matt Schaub throws an interception return for a touchdown and Richard Sherman's running down the left sideline and, and one of his shoes is gone. And earlier that year, too, being um, at... Actually, the year before that, I remember being at NRG Stadium watching Richard Sherman and Tom Brady go back and forth with one another after that dramatic comeback that Russell Wilson spearheaded in 2012. And that was, I think, really the first moment where the Seahawks arrived. But that was also where Richard Sherman arrived. That was where Richard Sherman all of a sudden became a household name because he was getting in Tom Brady's face and talking trash to him. And I know that the way that things ended here in Seattle has left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I I think this is something that you have to sort of acknowledge when it comes to the end. The end is always ugly in the NFL. It is always ugly. Whether it's in New England, and I mean, you're seeing Cassius Marsh, who played for the Seahawks, of course, but talking about his time in New England. Whenever a guy's time with the team ends, it's, it's bad. It's ugly. But there was a part of me that just felt that this is a guy, and again, this is before all these things that happened today, but this was a guy that was one of the most important figures in the history of Seattle sports. I mean, I didn't know much about the Seahawks other than they were in that Super Bowl against the Steelers and they got robbed because of the refs. I remember feeling that way in that game. I hate the Steelers. And... At Sean Alexander, Sean Alexander was a really good running back, but Richard Sherman just added a different level to the Seahawks. And I don't want to sound like a eulogy right here. It's just, it's just sad to see that you are going to only see bad details that come out as the rest of the morning unfolds and as the rest of the afternoon unfolds. It's just a bummer. I mean, this is a guy that I, I really was hoping that maybe there was a chance he would be back in Seattle. I would love to actually cover this guy firsthand. It's not to say that that won't necessarily happen. I mean, the Seahawks. They have given many players second chances. We'll see if they do it with Josh Gordon. They obviously did it this offseason with Alden Smith. But there was a selfish part of me that really wanted to see what the next chapter of Richard Sherman's life was going to be. That podcast that he was doing with Chris Collinsworth, it's a fascinating podcast. It's really been interesting to hear him kind of take that first foray into the world of media. And I really want to see him as I wanted to see him. I, I, I almost certainly feel like it's not going to happen now. As the details continue to come out, they like just seem to get worse and worse. But I, I wanted to see this guy as the color commentator for Monday Night Football. He's so frank, so honest, so opinionated. And that's probably not going to happen now. I'm speculating, of course, and I know that this is a weird time where, you know, when you think about just what's next to speculate on a future in a story like this, it's it's probably going below the belt but that's all you can do 
And it's sad. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me at Galant says, Paul Galant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. We'll keep you posted on all details. Richard Sherman, who was arrested this morning, right here. Make sure you're staying tuned to 710 ESPN Seattle all day. And by the way, again, awkward transition, which I keep on doing. Guess what? If you want to go to the Seattle Mariners game on July 24th and get retro jerseys and look fetch, look like Paul Gallant, the most fashion noble person at 710 ESPN Seattle, not Stacey Ross, what you got to do is you got to call in right now. 206-421-3776 is how you do it. And if you are caller number three listening on the stream right now in 30 seconds or in a minute, on the radio, you're going to win two tickets to the Mariners Retro Jersey Night, July 24th. We're going to be giving away tickets each hour today. Stay tuned to 710 ESPN Seattle for your next chance to win Paul Galancho, 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. More details about Richard Sherman's arrest this morning coming courtesy of Adam Schefter. Washington State Police are investigating Richard Sherman in connection to a hit and run and damage to State Department of Transportation property. State Police say that at about 1 o'clock this morning, they received a report of a single car incident. A car struck a concrete barrier. The driver was able to drive the vehicle off the exit and abandoned it in a nearby parking lot. The registration was run and it came back to Richard Sherman. So a couple of things that we can put together here, and this does involve a little bit of speculation, but I'm going to let you draw the conclusion that I think is an obvious one from the three details that we are going to share with you right now. First off, one in the morning, car wreck. Second off, hit and run, where you're fleeing the scene. Third, it seemed like it took a lot of effort to apprehend him after he tried to break into this home. So I'm not going to say it, but put all those three details together. And I just wonder why all of those things happened. But there's a pretty, I think, obvious answer. I'll let you come to it. But it's really sad to see all of this unfold the way that it is. Thankfully, no one was hurt. But we're going to find out more details about this. And I think we're just going to be more and more disappointed as the day progresses. And, of course, this is this is a guy who I, I know people don't like the way that things ended, but I, I also think that there is a soft spot in everyone's heart for this guy. And I know in conversations that I've had with Danny, Gary Payton had this brash personality that maybe wasn't something that's really a personality trait that many people here have. But there was a great appreciation for him because he was so different. And I think with Sherman during his heydays, even with the way that things ended and the shots that he took at Russell Wilson and the shots that he took at the Seahawks and at Pete Carroll on his way out, I I think there was an element of that that was really appreciated here where he was outspoken. And now, I mean, all you can do is just sit back and, and watch this fire continue to burn and hope that, it's a learning experience for him that he's going to be able to find help for himself and that also while everyone involved in this situation gets some help because it sounds like they're going to need it. 
And this is one of the things that happens when you're a high-profile athlete. Something like this gets dragged out into the limelight. And, I mean, it's going to be, I would imagine, a brutal next couple of months, years for Richard Sherman with this. I have no idea what kind of sentencing he might be facing or punishments or fines or penalties or anything like that. But this is a pretty serious, serious set of not accusations, but alleged happenings that were put together by the uh, Seattle Police Department. And, of course, Sherman arrested this morning. 710-710, Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet at Gallant Says as well. A couple of texts here. Let's save the conversations about why this might have happened and some of the deep conspiracy theories that have to do with, I don't know, I guess the state of our country and how there is obviously some real controversy over things that are related to the police right now. And there's one texter that's going down that rabbit hole. Pause. Pause on that, okay? We don't have all the details right now. What we do know just does not sound very good for Richard Sherman. And obviously there are two sides to every single story. It's just you draw all these conclusions from what information you have presented to you. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know that this is this is the avenue with which that you're suggesting on this text line that is what took place here. It's just really disappointing. Hit and run, resisting arrest. What happened? Why did it get to that point? And as I said in the last segment, I feel like this is perhaps going to be something that gets in the way of whatever was going to be next for Richard Sherman, which I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was really fascinated to see. He's in this weird in-between phase where he's still playing, but he's probably not the same player that he used to be. A texter brought up an interesting point, 710-710, on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company um, text line. We've seen Ryan Leaf get a lot of chances, haven't we? That's fair, totally fair to bring up. I, I know that when we're you know comparing guys and the issues that they have gone through, it's you know apples to oranges for the most part. But in the short term he is going to face a lot of criticism for whatever took place. And I mean, if some of these pieces of the police report are indeed true, then, I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of room for for excuses or explaining it away. I mean, if you're driving late at night and you get in a car accident, there's a common assumption about why that, that accident's going to take place. And if you leave the car, I mean, you can... I think draw even more conclusions from that. And then to get to a point where you're all of a sudden feeling the need to, I don't know, like run, break into a home. Doesn't sound like he was of right mind, at least based off of all the allegations that we have from the police report. And I mean, they even had to bring a dog in. I feel like Richard Sherman is a very intelligent individual. And I don't think that a lot of the things that we're reading about in this report are things that would have happened if he was of sound mind in this situation. That's not an excuse, by the way. I mean, I think we all sometimes need reminders about making sure that we are in control of our actions. And there are things that we all can do that, unfortunately, cause us to stray from that. 
things that we do recreationally, things that we just feel like, hey, like this is just an everyday occurrence of just kicking back, I'm relaxing, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are not careful, your judgment obviously gets very cloudy. And you see how a situation like this can escalate to the point where Sherman is in jail right now on burglary domestic violence charges. You want to stay tuned to 710 ESPN Seattle all day for all the information on Richard Sherman's arrest. More will be coming out every single minute, every single hour. Jake and Stacy's going to be next with more information on that. Make sure you're staying tuned to 710 ESPN Seattle at 710 ESPN Seattle on Twitter, 710sports.com for all of the information that you can possibly handle on this very disappointing morning. A, new, a day that we thought was going to be, you know, just a slow sports day. Just your average slow sports day. But no, that's not going to be the case. Big thanks to Maura Dooley behind the glass for making the show happen as she does every single morning. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long, farewell. Jake and Stacy is next.